You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Ukraine worries about cyber attacks in conjunction with tomorrow's Independence Day holiday. The U.S. Navy investigates the possibility of cyber attack in this week's Malacca Straits collision. Zscaler finds more malicious apps in Google Play. New York State's Department of Financial Services cyber regulations begin to take effect Monday. Delaware is also stepping up data security regulations. And ISIS continues its inspiration online as police in many countries scramble to follow the caliphate's messaging. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, August 23, 2017. Ukrainian security firm ISSP adds its voice to those warning that it sees signs of an impending wave of cyber attacks on that country. Ukraine's Independence Day will be celebrated tomorrow, August 24th, and politically motivated or state-directed cyber attacks have in the past coincided with major holidays. The U.S. Navy's investigations into this week's collision between the destroyer USS John S. McCain continue, as does the sad work of recovering the sailors who lost their lives in the incident. Much talk centers on issues of basic seamanship, China's Navy suggesting that the Americans are too overstretched to be good sailors. But U.S. Navy officials say they haven't ruled out the possibility of cyber attack. Note possibility. It's early in the investigation, and consideration of cybertech is a sensible measure. There are some anonymous reports circulating that discount the possibility of a cyberattack, but these are preliminary and lightly sourced. We'll continue to follow this aspect of the developing story. The past two weeks have seen a flurry of problematic apps discovered in Google's Play Store and then ejected by Google once researchers identify the threats. Security firm Zscaler today announced that on August 21st, it found two more malicious apps in Google Play. The first one they uncovered was an app called Earn Real Money Gift Cards, which, as one might suspect from the grifter's come-on of a name the author gave it, was a variant of the familiar bank bot. So Zscaler's researchers went a bit further and looked for some of the Earn Real Money Gift Cards author's other work. They found one, which promised not easy money, but easy fun bubble shooter Wildlife. It looks like a kid's game with a cute cartoon bluebird beckoning players in. In fact, of course, it's malware. When you download and start the game after about 20 minutes, it shows what appears to be a legitimate Android system alert. For applications to work properly, enable Google service. Should you click OK, you'll be taken to a series of screens that mimic a Google menu, including a convincing copy of Google Terms and Conditions. Should you agree to enable the bogus but plausible Google service, you will find you've allowed the malware to abuse Google's legitimate accessibility service to download other programs at will. Zscaler calls this abuse of accessibility service unique 
which of course is a large claim, but the researchers do seem to have found something unusual and dangerous. Accessibility service is intended for use only to help users with disabilities use Android devices and apps. Users should be wary, and researchers might be on the lookout for similar tactics used by other malware authors. Taking a quick look at our CyberWire event tracker, the fourth annual Cybersecurity Conference for Executives is coming up September 19th. It's co-sponsored by Compass Cybersecurity and the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. The CyberWire is proud to be a media sponsor of the event. Tony DeBurra is from the Johns Hopkins University, and he joins us to tell us about the event. The theme this year is Emerging Global Cyber Threats. We're hosting the one-day conference on the campus of the Johns Hopkins University at Homewood here in Baltimore. What we hope to do is give our, our attendees uh, a, a broad overview of what's going on in cybersecurity and things that they should be paying attention to uh, from the point of view of their enterprise and just give them uh, some, uh, some useful information, opportunities to network with experts in the field, uh, with researchers, and kind of be their radar for what might lie ahead uh, in the cybersecurity terrain. Give us a quick overview of about uh, some of the speakers that you have lined up. Our keynotes are retired Brigadier General Guy Walsh, who's an advisor to the Deputy Commander uh, of U.S. Cyber Command at Fort Meade. And our other keynote speaker is Stephanie Reel, who's the uh, Chief Information Officer for Johns Hopkins University and Health Systems. She's going to talk about managing an enterprise where there are mixed cultures, which is all too common out there. Uh, in the case of Johns Hopkins, it's uh, the cultures of a healthcare system with all of the regulatory uh, environment, uh, healthcare aspects, as well as a research university. Uh, so she's going to be describing the challenges associated with uh, providing the IT infrastructure and how Johns Hopkins deals with that. And then we have a number of other speakers in all kinds of areas. The, the agenda is, uh, is far-reaching uh, over the course of the day. Of course, uh, under the theme of emerging global threats, we will have uh, uh, talks on social engineering, cloud security and some of the threats that people should be aware of. Uh, we're going to have a talk on the Internet of Things. We're going to have a talk on uh, legal aspects of privacy, building uh, a cybersecurity program, and a panel session on emerging regulations. So uh, it's going to be an exciting day. And the way we've designed it is so that people can get a lot of information in a relatively short period of time. That's Tony DeBurra from the Johns Hopkins University. You can find out more about the fourth annual Cybersecurity Conference for Executives, co-sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute and Compass Cybersecurity at thecyberwire.com slash JHU Compass. You can find out how to get your event listed on our Cyberwire event tracker at thecyberwire.com slash events. U.S. state governments are continuing to fill gaps in cybersecurity standards of care. Where California had led with privacy protections, two other states are moving into other regulatory areas. New York State's Department of Financial Services on March 1st of this year promulgated a set of cybersecurity regulations, 23 NYCRR Part 500. The regulations were released with an announced set of phases for implementation. 
The first phase becomes effective this Monday, August 28, 2017, on which day affected companies will be expected to be in compliance. Full compliance will be required by March 1st of 2018, coincidentally just two months before GDPR takes effect. In the first phase of the New York regulations implementation, non-exempt organizations will be expected to have seven mandated measures in effect. The sections that go live Monday include a cybersecurity program in which organizations must create a program related to the risk assessment that will become effective in phase two. Second, organizations must have and maintain policies and procedures relevant to certain specified cybersecurity practices, including incident response and network monitoring. Third, if you haven't got one, you'll need a CISO. Interestingly, that person could be provided by a third party, to whom the CISO must report will be established in Phase 2. The fourth measure deals with access privileges. It requires that the enterprise be able to establish a privileged access management system. The next section deals with cybersecurity personnel and intelligence. It requires putting trained personnel in place, as was the case with the CISO. Such personnel could come from a third party, a managed security services provider, for example. Next is an incident response plan, an obvious requirement designed to foster resilience and recovery. And finally, affected organizations must alert the superintendent of financial services within 72 hours when it suffers a cyber event that affects normal business operations or requires the organization to alert any other regulatory body. New York law and regulation are particularly important to the financial sector. Delaware law is important to U.S. corporations generally. That state has enacted tighter data privacy protection rules. Effective now, anyone doing business in Delaware who maintains personal information must safeguard it. A breach of security is now defined as including the unauthorized access, use, modification, or disclosure of personal information and the information that is included in the definition of personal information. The law legally defines encryption and creates a safe harbor if data exposed in a breach is encrypted. It also strengthens consumer protections in privacy matters. Expect more such legislation and regulation from these and other states. The CyberWire is in Palo Alto today for the Chertoff Group's event, Security in the Boardroom. We expect to learn from the experts presenting more about how evolving concepts of risk management and security responsibility are playing out in corporate boards. Investigation into jihadist attacks in Spain continue as ISIS and, coincidentally, the Taliban step up their efforts at recruitment and inspiration. Indonesian authorities are working to counter an increased use of social media in radicalization. The U.S. is pressuring Pakistan to pull back what the U.S. sees as the quasi-official support for extremism emanating from that country. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. 
So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. Joining me once again is Johannes Ulrich. He's Dean of Research at the SANS Technology Institute, and he also hosts the ISC Stormcast podcast. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So today we wanted to talk about some attacks against Uber driver accounts. Tell us what we need to know about here. Yeah, what we are seeing is that social engineering is used in order uh, to get uh, passwords from Uber drivers and train their accounts. The way this works is that the criminal will ask for a ride with Uber. And when you do that, you have the ability to contact a driver via the app, uh, essentially keeping your own caller ID and such anonymous. Now, they use this to then call the driver, claim that they're actually working for Uber and uh, that uh, they're going to send them a text message to then identify the driver. Now, that text message is actually a password reset text message typically sent from an email account like Gmail. And that is then used to take over the driver's email account, which in turn then allows the hacker to reset the driver's Uber password and train their earnings into a different account. So not highly technical, this attack, but what we see a lot really is that these social engineering attacks always work and are really difficult to defend against. And so how would an Uber driver protect themselves against something like this? It's really just up to the Uber driver to recognize that this is not a valid call from Uber itself. And that's the hard part. There is really no technical defense against these type of attacks. They actually do bypass two-factor authentication here in some way uh, because Google does send that text message. But the Uber driver doesn't recognize the text message as coming from Google and expects it to come from Uber. Is there anything that Uber could do on their side to, to help better protect the driver's uh, identity? 
Uber could uh, probably better identify and uh, educate drivers how to uh, recognize uh, calls coming from Uber. Also, whenever a significant change is made to the account, like in this case, I believe in some countries, it's even possible to redirect uh, the earnings uh, to a prepaid credit card. So uh, if a significant change is made like this uh, to notify the driver and maybe also hold off on the change for a day or two to allow the driver to interact if they don't really want this change to be made. All right. It's an interesting story. Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. <laughs> 